Haven't you been blessed? Amen. I thought I was in cardiac rehab again just for a moment when they start that. Oh, Lord. Have mercy. Help me, Jesus. I have learned in cardiac rehab, they come around, if you've been through it, they say, how tired are you? Always shoot a high number. Because if you shoot low, they up your stuff, you know. So always go high, amen. <laughs> I've got uh, two more weeks of that left, praise God. Uh, I've, if the Lord doesn't come back, I'm praying he comes back uh, before then. But, uh, but anyway, hey, it's great to see each one of you. We've had two great services already. Folks have joined our church in both of these earlier services. And man, it's, just been, it's great to see you here this morning, this good crowd uh, at this late service. We're in Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8. So we think this morning, I, I really wanted to preach the old-fashioned sermon, uh, One More Night with the Frogs. Uh, but uh, God said, don't do that. So anyway, I'm not going to do that. But we are dealing with frogs this morning. Uh, Moses was called by the Lord at, uh, at a burning bush and told to deliver the children of Israel. And for 400 years, they had been in bondage there in slavery. The Bible says that a generation arose that did not know Joseph, and they did not know Joseph's God. In Exodus chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, would you stand if you're physically able to honor God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? <clears throat> The Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I'll smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house, and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thine ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee, and upon thy people, and upon all thy servants. Father, we ask you this morning, O oh God, how we need you more than we've ever needed you before. God, would you speak? Would you have total control of this place today? Don't let us hear from the devil don't let us think about the things of the world. God, open our hearts and our minds to only your precious Holy Spirit. Have your way. Lord, the folk don't need another preacher. They don't need another sermon. Lord, we need to hear from you today. So I ask you, Father, to speak, Lord, through your servant, that you would be glorified. And then, Lord, may during the invitation time, people forget about themselves, forget about the cares of this world, May we be focused on you and just say, yes, Lord, yes. Whatever you want us to do, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And thank you also for joining us by live stream. We have a good group that joins every Sunday, and we praise the Lord from all over the world. And uh, we're excited about that. Our guys are doing a tremendous job. Uh, about the time all this pandemic is over, we're going to have this thing down on live stream and everything. Uh, they do a tremendous job, but I'm thankful that you're here. I hear it over and over again. Thank you for live stream. Thank you for all of this. But nothing takes the place of being in the house of God. And I praise the Lord for that. Now, God sent 10 plagues uh, to, uh, the, the, to Pharaoh, to Egypt, to, 
get his people to go. Uh, the first one is found in chapter 7. The blood uh, replaced the water. Can you imagine going in your bathroom and turning on the faucet and blood comes out? Uh, the Nile River, the streams, uh, uh, the creeks, everything uh, was turned to blood. And then now in chapter 8, we've got frogs. I mean, here, there, a frog, here, a frog, everywhere, a frog, frog. They're everywhere. I, I don't know about your house, but I tell you, uh, our house on Delia has been invaded by these little old bitty crawling worms. I don't know. I, I think it's just Delia Street. I don't know. But, man, can you imagine frogs everywhere? I mean, you're stepping on them. They're everywhere. He says they're everywhere here. And then, uh, now, now let me just stop right here and say this. If you would deal with the frogs, you wouldn't have to deal with the next things that are coming. Hmm? If you deal with the sin in your life right now, you want, because I'm going to tell you something, God got the necessary uh, ability to get your attention. If you deal with him now, you won't have to worry about the flies that are coming or the lice or the pestilence of the livestock or the boils. Whoo, those boils. Man, I'm going to tell you, if you want to have any idea what a boil is, you go down to your dermatologist and tell him you want one of them cancer face treatments. It only takes five days. You will know, you'll know then. You don't want no, the, the magicians didn't, couldn't even speak. And then, of course, the hailstorm is going to come, and then the locusts are going to come, and then there's going to be darkness for three days there, and then the finale of all of them, the firstborn of every household is going to be killed during the night. Now, as we get here, uh, Pharaoh is unwilling to compromise and to cooperate with God. God's not going to compromise. He's not going to compromise. These concessions that he makes are still with us today. So I want to just look at those quickly here. First of all, he says in verse 25 of chapter 8, we'll be in 8, 9, and 10 of, Genesis, of uh, Exodus this morning. So just hold your Bible open there. In, in verse 25, Pharaoh called for Moses. Now, this is after the frogs are there and everything. And, and, and he calls for Moses and for Aaron. And he said, go ye, sacrifice your God in the land. Go in the land. Now, what he's saying here is, you go, but stay in the land. You can go, but don't go too far. Don't go too far. You can go. You see, he wanted it both ways. It, it reminds me of a story of, of a man who fell in love with Kate, and she was the apple of his eye. And, but he soon met a woman named Edith, and he divorced Kate and married Edith. But after a while, he realized he really loved Kate, but he couldn't get her back. The moral of the story is you can't have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> Pharaoh said, you can go. Some of y'all will catch that in about the next 12 o'clock hour, all right? He said, go, you go, but you don't go very far. Don't go very far. Don't go, don't go to, see the church is like that today. It's almost, it's like worldliness here. Uh, we're to be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. And if we're not careful, everything we do, the world affects us. And we ended up being more like the world than we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and uh, I, I don't know what all the, is gonna happen in the future, you know, I got my ideas on it. Uh, I know I get, uh, I, I get kind of branded sometimes. And th these guys, I don't want to be ugly with them here. I, I, when you're doing a drama, the kids are doing a drama next, next Sunday night. 
I'm all for smoke. I'm all for fire. I'm all for lights and thunder and lightning and all of that. But I want to tell you, when we're here worshiping the Lord and you've got someone singing or somebody preaching here and the whole room's full with smoke, you're not, I don't want you to draw attention to me. I don't want to be drawn attention, and I don't want you to draw attention to some singer here. Man, we're here to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We're here to praise the Lord. And, and not some, it's not some theatrical. And I'm afraid many of our churches have gone so far in the theatrical aspect that it's nothing more than putting on a performance. And fads are going to come and go, and, and time's going to tell it. But I just want to remind us that worship is not always a warm, fuzzy feeling. Sometimes it is, and praise God when it is. But sometimes it's confronting sin. Sometimes it's saying, thus saith the Lord. You can go, he said, but stay in the land. You can go, but don't go too far. You can, you can go, but you can still view your pornography. You, you can go, but, but, but you can still frequent the casinos. You can go, but you can still drink socially. You can go, but you can still commit adultery. You can go, but you can still be unethical. You can go, but don't let your faith interfere with your business. You can go, but don't get too serious about this thing called Christianity. It's what the devil says today. Hey, you can go. Just don't go too far. Don't go too far into it. You see, Pharaoh represents the devil. And I just remind you, with all due respect, that just because something is legal in the United States of America doesn't make it right with the Lord. Just because you say, well, it's legal now. We can do that. There are a lot of things that are legal, but that don't make it right. I heard about the little boy that fell out of bed one night and his parents came to the rescue and they were quizzing him how he fell out of bed as they helped him get back in bed. And he said, I guess I just went to sleep too close to where I got in. <laughs> There's a lot of folk like that in the world today. You know what? Instead of us asking, Lord, I don't want to do anything that might hinder you I, I want to abstain from all appearance of evil. What the question that's being asked today is, preacher, how close can we get to the edge without going over? How much sin can we do without really falling off the wagon? What can we do? You can go, Pharaoh says, but don't go too far. The second thing he says, and it's found in the 10th chapter of the book of Exodus, in, in verse 10, he said, you can go. Let the Lord be so with you as I will let you go. And your little ones look to it for evil is before you. He said, you can go, but leave the next generation to me. You can go, but you don't want to take your children because it's evil out there and there's a, a lot of trials and a lot of tribulations and a lot of things that could happen to him. Pharaoh is saying, leave the future with me. If you're going to be stubborn, you old people who've been worshiping God, singing these old hymns and raising your hands and shouting and all, y'all can go ahead and do it. But you leave the younger generation to me. And folks, I want to tell you, we ought to be backing up on that. We ought to be raising up 
Listen, we ought to be, uh, the, the Jewish Shema said that the Jews were to teach their children when they were walking, when they were sitting, when they were retiring, and when they were arising. Uh, according to what I think that teaches is, that means you ought to be teaching your children all day long. You ought to teach your children respect. Biblical parents that dedicate their children to the Lord, they need to learn respect at home. And the chances are, I will tell you, most children even want to learn respect. They need to learn that respect at home. If they don't learn it there, they're not going to learn it anywhere else. They also need to learn responsibility. There's a whole lot of being said today about our rights. But there needs to be more said about our responsibility. I'm thinking about adopting some more children myself because I loved it when Jason and Jeremy were that age where they had to mow the yard and they weed eat it and they washed my truck and uh, you know, I, all that uh, carried out the trash, all that. Hey, kids need to learn responsibility, amen? They need to learn that there's, there's some things that result in their responsibility. And then we ought to teach them religion. And I use that term in a good sense. The Bible says it'd be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and you thrown into the bottom of the ocean than to offend one of these little ones. If you've ever seen a millstone, let me tell you, when that dude's around your neck, you're not going to float three seconds or two seconds or one second. You're going down. He said it would be better for you literally to be at the bottom of the ocean than to offend one of these little ones right here. I, I want to tell you, uh, if you don't teach your children, somebody will teach your children. And they're not going to teach them the things of God. They're not going to, because we live in a humanistic, uh, liberal, atheistic, anti-Christian society. Folks, faith is not transferable. Just because you have faith don't mean your children will have faith. It's not transferable. But now listen. It is contagious. It's contagious. When you're the parents and you're walking by faith and you're serving the Lord and you're doing it with a smile, whoo, can I get an amen there? See, some folks serving the Lord, but they're griping and belly aching and mully grubbing about it. If you can't serve the Lord happily, best thing you do is just sit on the bench. I'm serious. You'd be a blessing to everybody if you just sit in a corner and keep your mouth shut. Man, we need to serve the Lord with gladness. I was glad when they said, let us come to the house of the Lord. Oh, we got to go to church again. Get the kids in the car. What a pain it is every Sunday trying to get you all in the car, trying to get you all ready. What I tell you, I get so aggravated. I get, Good grief. Who wants to come worship the Lord when you hear all that mess? Children are important. They're impressionable. Bless God, sometimes <laughs> the Bible says, blessed is a man that has a full quiver. You get one like Charlie, bless God, one is enough. That's a full quiver right there. Amen. No, I love my Charlie. Mm. God help us if we leave. That's not funny there. I, <laughs> God help us if we leave our children in Egypt. God help us. And then the third thing he says in verse 24, Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed, 
let your little ones also go with you. <laughs> okay, now, now he says, all right, you can take your little ones with you. Just leave all your possessions with us. Leave everything you have with us. And I want to tell you, plenty of Christians are doing that today. They're spending God's money, robbing God on worldly things. Listen to me this morning. If God doesn't have your pocketbook, he don't have you. Somebody say amen. Surely somebody in this place is tithing. Amen. I'm just telling you right now, when you start saying, God, I'm going to keep this for myself, God don't have you. He's got to have everything about you. You go, but you leave your possessions. Do you realize more is said about money in the Bible than is said about heaven and hell? I think God knows we're going to have a problem with that. So many are just maxed out on credit cards, and I hear people all the time preach, I want to do more, I want to do more. Well, you got to get to the place where you can do more. But I'll tell you, if you walk by faith, God will put you there. He'll put you there. The challenge before us is to leave Egypt. Get out of bondage. Get out of slavery. And we're to leave Egypt separated, dedicated, and full of stewardship for the Lord. Now, that's the end of the message, but I'm going to give you three things here, all right? <laughs> Just that I jotted down in, in going over this. I didn't get much sleep last night. I, I tell you, I just was, I had, the, the, God just come down. I just had a glorious time last night. I, I want you to understand this morning, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is not paradise. People say, well, ignorance is, you know, if you don't know, if you don't know, you say, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is paradise. And no, that's not true. That's not true. If we ignore it, it'll go away. How many of you know it don't go away? It only continually gets worse. You pretend it's not there. No, you've got to confront it. You've got to acknowledge it. You can't solve a problem if you don't admit you've got a problem. There's no way. Now, Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. What I see... Now, this, this is not biblical. This is just me, all right? I see people today who are hurting. And they're full of anxiety. They're exhausted. They're worn out. They're fearful, and they're worried. And, you know, all, all, all of that is because they're lying. They're lying, and they're hiding. When you start hiding your symptoms, when you start hiding your true self, it'll wear you out. It'll create anxiety. It'll create fear. It'll create worry. And listen to me. You, you got to deal with the symptoms. Now, I don't say just deal with the symptoms and leave them alone because some people are guilty of just dealing with symptom after symptom after symptom. But the symptoms are can, what can show us what the sickness is. If you don't ever deal with the symptoms, you won't ever know what the sickness is. So if you deal with the symptoms and then you find the sickness, then you can find the solution. But you'll never have the solution until first of all you own up and say, look, this is my problem. These are my symptoms. Let's get to the sickness. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> nine out of 10 sicknesses are caused by sin. Nine out of 10. 
We got to treat the symptom. Don't ignore it. Ignore it. Ignorance is not paradise. The second thing I just jotted down, breathing dirty air is common. Breathing dirty, polluted, unclean, filthy air is common. More than 50% of this world breathes polluted, dirty air every day, every moment. More than half of this world does it. <clears throat> we got some green people now in our country. They don't come from Mars. Some of them may, but, but I don't think they do. And they'll tell you now that a cow gives off as much pollution as a car. I mean, you, you got to go to school to learn something like that. <laughs> I would just challenge them. I'll spend the night in a garage with a cow. You spend the night in the garage with a running car. And in the morning, we'll meet and discuss it. If you think that cow is going to give off the pollution of that car. <laughs> You know why 50% plus spend their entire life in polluted air? Because they just adapt to it. They adapt to it. Now, anybody that lived in the Golden Triangle very long, Jen, you know what polluted air is. Amen? <laughs> I'm just telling you, they, we just don't think about it. We drive, uh, going down there, we'll be going, Becky and I are going this afternoon. We'll drive through Evadale. It's the worst smelling thing, that paper mill down there. will make you turn flips. They love it. They love it. They, they, they get so used to it, they just love, they don't even smell it. They just adapt to it. You see, we're always going to have frogs. I mean, you just adapt to it. The frogs are in your bedroom. I mean, you're waiting for Kermit to jump in any time there in the midst of all of that stuff. You, they're in your kitchen. You sit on a commode, and here come the frogs. I, I mean, everywhere you look, there's frogs everywhere. And then when he stops and he kills the frogs, and they gather them all up, they stink. But you get used to the stink, and you adapt to it. You see, guys, we're okay with things that are not okay. Romans 12, 2 says that we're to be not conformed to this world, but that we might be transformed. And it begins with the renewing of our mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You don't have to adapt today. You don't have to give in to the polluted air today. There's kingdom air. You can come to Jesus and have freedom. You can come to Jesus and have light. You can come to Jesus and have life. Our problem is we've been ignoring it so long we've adapted to it. And then, to make matters worse, we'll start giving excuses for why we ought to have polluted air. We're used to living with the frogs relationships that are toxic. I mean, every disagreement turns into a knockdown, drag out, cursing, name calling. We think we got to get buzzed to have a good time. Gossips, watching filth in our own living rooms, our televisions and the movies and the internets that we've got in our houses. And we're saying, I'm not hurting anybody. Yes, we are. We're hurting ourselves and we're hurting the kingdom of God and our families. I would challenge you, don't spend another night with the frogs. Let me give this third thing. 
tomorrow is always easier than today. I'm going to go on a diet. When? Tomorrow. I'm going to start going to the gym. When? Tomorrow. I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. When? Tomorrow. See, tomorrow is the devil's word. Today is God's word. The devil uses it in verse 10. You got these frogs. My soul, they're everywhere. They're they're a major nuisance. If they're so bad, why are you going to wait another night to live with the frogs? Why don't you get rid of them right now? But when Moses says, when you want me to do that, I'll entreat the Lord. When you want me to ask him to stop it? Tomorrow. That's the first time the word tomorrow is used in the Bible. In Exodus 8, verse 10, he said, Tomorrow, be it according to thy word, thou mayest know that there's none like unto the Lord our God. It's used by Satan. But let me tell you, I believe, I believe our God's got a sense of humor. That's the, the devil using the word tomorrow. Look with me at verse 23. God's speaking. He turns it on the devil and he starts using his word. Exodus 8, 23, I'll put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. That's not the devil there. That's God speaking. Exodus 8, 29, Moses said, Behold, I go out from thee. I'll entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, from his people. Tomorrow. Exodus 9, 5, the Lord appointed a set time saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this. Exodus 9, 18, behold, tomorrow about this time I'll cause it to rain a grievous hell. Exodus 10, 4, else if thou refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I'll bring the locust into thy coast. See, God keeps calling you to be saved this morning, and you keep saying, tomorrow, Lord, tomorrow. God's saying, I want you to be a part of this church. I want you to serve the Lord and be accountable. Tomorrow, Lord, we're going to do that. We're going to do it tomorrow. There's some in this place right here, some of you young people. God's calling you to be a pastor or an evangelist or a missionary. We need you now more than we've ever needed you before in your life. Don't say tomorrow. Today is the day. God's saying, stop the pornography. And you're saying, well, tomorrow. Stop the gossiping. Tomorrow. Stop committing the adultery. Stop flirting. Tomorrow. And I want to tell you what happens. Listen to me. You get hemmed up in a corner and your back's up against the wall and you're crying out, oh God, I need you. And God says, tomorrow. God, I need you today. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. God's will is today. Everything's easy tomorrow. You can have free tacos at a Mexican place tomorrow. Always tomorrow. You see, if you don't deal with the frogs today, it just gets worse. It gets worse. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, when we get through with all of these plagues, And we come down to that last plague. The firstborn of every house is going to be killed. 
Hmm. That's, that's big. Wait, whoa, wait a minute. The Israelites are living over there in that land too. Lord, what, 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 what are we going to do? God says, I tell you what, I'm going to make a way of escape for you. If you'll kill that lamb and you'll take the blood of that lamb and you'll paint it on the doorpost of that house, when the death angel sees that blood, he'll pass over and he won't take your firstborn. Praise the Lord. God provided a way of escape. Could I tell you that there's going to come a judgment called the great white throne judgment where men and women are going to be cast into outer darkness, into hell? You say, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, God. I'm on this earth. What about me? And our God says, I want to tell you what I'll do for you. I'm going to make a way of escape. I'm going to send my son down there, and he's going to be born in a stable because there's not any room for him in the end. And the real truth of the matter is, I'm sending my son to be born so that he can die. And he's going to be crucified on a cruel cross, and they're going to take him and put him in a tomb but don't worry, he's only going to be there three days, and he's going to rise. And if you will trust in him and give him your heart and life, his blood will cover you, and you won't have to go to the great white throne judgment. I remind you again this morning that hell is not full of people who God rejected. Hell is full of people who rejected God. God has provided a way of escape. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. We've got a new covenant. We've been set free. We've been covered. The old songwriter said it best, I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin, too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home. I've wasted many precious years. Now I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming home. Would you come home today? Don't wait till tomorrow. If you've got something in your life that's separating you from God, don't wait till tomorrow. Come home today. You need Jesus Christ as your Savior. I know you sit here and think, well, if I do that today, see, I've already got a party planned for tonight, and I've already got all these other things. Listen, come on into the boat and let God clean up the rest later. I guarantee you, the things you used to want to do, I could get testimonies all day here from people that will tell you, I used to love to do this, but when I got saved, God took that away from me, and I don't even like to do it anymore. Today, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get your heart right with God. Lord, thank you.
Thank you that you've not come in the last 60 minutes. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we've got one more opportunity to get our heart right before you. And I pray this morning, oh, dear Lord, would you just let your spirit have control of this service? Those that need a church home, those that need to come and just rededicate their life. Man, Lord, maybe there's those here that's never been saved. And today, not tomorrow, but today, they're going to trust you and be saved before it's too late. Lord, have your way. We'll praise you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together?